Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Trey Palmer around in Nebraska. Yeah, he's fast. Welcome back. It is Coffee and Cream. Robbie Lula taking the number two. Actually, he's kind of like... 1A, because sometimes he controls the conversation, which is totally fine with your boy, because I am a, I'm, I'm okay with being You Bat- share well. You I'm, share well. I am okay with yeah. being Robin, but I'm going to the Batman of recruiting for Hill Varsity uh, as we get Brady Oltman's and his usual time slot this morning. Mr., um, I love it because he's got a little creativity to his game, but he has the nice blend of pragmatic, like, hey. I know I cover recruiting and some other sports. Let's not get over the top. My man, Brady Oldman's giving us perspective on a no-manic Monday. Good morning, B. How are you? Oh, man. Uh, it, winter came back around. I wasn't quite ready for that after <laughs> yesterday. But <laughs> Hey, so, uh, gosh, there's so many places we're going to go. That's why I like that you have the big slot here at 9. Let me start with recruiting just because – it comes natural. It's Dylan Rayola. <laughs> and you sometimes I know you just want to roll your chair back from the computer screen and be like, Woosa. <laughs> 17, 18 year old kids. But now we see some crystal balls for SC. When they were crystal balls for Nebraska, we were, yep, silent commit. There are crystal balls for SC now, and one of them is Wilt Fong. And I'm like, ah, we know better. Like, where do you balance out the Dylan Rayola sweepstakes, sweepstakes, which is seems to be daily in terms of changing? Hmm. Oh, it's it's tricky because, and this one, I think I'm kind of of, of two minds about it. I mean, Wilt Fong is he's in pretty good contact with the Rayola family. I mean, he's a pretty reliable source of information with them. They get back to him right away, but also. Dylan kind of stays in close contact with Lincoln Riley. I think they talk just about every yeah, day. Yeah, quite a bit. So it's they've got a good relationship there. But also, he just took a visit to USC, and now is the time you know they're taking their visits. And obviously, uh, things are bright, fresh, and energetic right after you come back from a visit. So I kind of temper, even if he came to Nebraska hypothetically last week and said, 
you know, crystal ball for Nebraska because he just loved it. Like you temper that because he just came off a visit kind of thing. Hmm. But um, it's still a big recruiting month. Um, he's going to go to Georgia and then he's going to come to Nebraska, you know, um, in all, a little over uh, two weeks now. So it's it's just going to be that time. And I think you're I wouldn't be surprised if we see crystal balls for every team on his big board flying out there before he makes a commitment. I, I asked, uh, I think it was Mitch Sherman, probably about three or four weeks ago. I said, hey, wh- how much will it matter that who swings last? Who has the last at bat? I kind of, I'm one, now I'm thinking about it a different way because I saw the tweets. You know, he's tweeted that Georgia recruits. He's hashtag go dogs. He gets the emoji. That's the same time that he's in Southern California. But I don't, I'm not blown away by that because he's there three times a week anyway, right? So I'm not, that doesn't. I understand context, but there's still this whole Georgia thing. If 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 it's recency bias, Brady, can anything really change dramatically from March 25th to when he was just here last weekend visiting his uncle? Because I think you get a better picture outside of junior day. It's the day-to-day that gives you mm-hmm. the better picture. He maybe has seen the best – Nebraska has to offer because it was just about him. No, I think you're right there. Uh, and I think the rural coaching staff and their recruiting mindset is a little bit, is a little bit more, Hey, we're here for you day to day. You know, we're not just going to throw Spot on. Pay, att- pay attention to you for the parties. We're going to be here every single day for you. I think maybe what does the VIP junior day a little bit more solid for Nebraska is Dylan was here, uh, I guess two weeks ago now, or just over a week ago now. And so you get him on the front end there and then you get him again in Nebraska on the back end after visits to USC and Georgia. So he can really kind of sandwich expectations of the, the little bit more intimate me time one-on-one versus here with these other high profile five-star four-star recruits that come into Lincoln on the junior day. So it's, it's really kind of a, a two-way approach, but all of it's based on that kind of personal one-on-one relationship building uh, thing that the rural coaches have really stresses in those visits. Brady, I know we talk about Dylan almost exclusively in the class of 2024, at least seemingly recently, but big picture, we've talked a lot about how the class would look with him. If he ends up at SC or Georgia or wherever, what are your expectations for the 2024 class if it does not include Dylan Rayola? I think that the big differences are – Dylan immediately gives you validation on a national scale. Mm -hmm. Um, He changes the perception of the Nebraska program to a lot of recruits. I know that talking with the vast majority of their head coaches, Nebraska still means a lot to them, but to the recruits themselves, I think it, it makes you, it gives you a huge stamp of approval. Whereas if hypothetically he were not to commit you, I know Nebraska is still looking at some recruits and some quarterbacks that they really like. Um, I think that they'd be happy getting those recruits still, but I think that, and you might still be able to get in some of those big time recruits, those four stars that you, you try to bring in for the junior day or even outside of that. It just kind of, I, the impression I get is that if you don't get rail at this point, there is some kind of wind out of the sails, at least in the temperament of fans. It's interesting. You know, I, I listen to a lot of Nebraska fans, not, not a lot. I don't want to be, um, misleading but hey you know um, he's talked to this top 100 recruit obviously I know the McMorris family really really well and 
well, hey, you know, he's reached out to Isaiah, or, or hey, he's reached out to, to, to D. Hall, who I know pretty well. Um, let me talk about the other guys, though, because I think context matters, and I'll just say this. I think a guy saying, hey, you need to check out Nebraska is different than, hey, meet me at the finish line at Nebraska, right, if you know what I mean. Like, I think he could clearly say to, to, to Isaiah, hey, listen, man, you know, you need to – really take a look at Nebraska this and this and this is what they do mm -hmm. the reports may be hey he's recruiting for Nebraska if your guys like McMorris or Hall and and I think McMorris may this is I don't even know if I want to say this out loud he may have a little bit more upside just because of his frame and he's not quite as polished as Hall who's mm -hmm. a big strong older kid um when you look at what else is going on around Rayola? How important will that be for Nebraska in terms of their image if we just talk in-state 2024s? Well, I think the, the Rule coaching staff is really good. This is one thing I'll credit them entirely on, and Matt Rule kind of mentioned this in his uh, signing day press conference that he had with us at the end was congratulating every single kid in the state of Nebraska who signed on and went to play college football even if it was, you know, D1 to Nebraska or Iowa State, all the way down to the NAIA ranks, Divisions two, three, everything in between, because it's a big deal. Not very many people get to play college football on any level. It's hard. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I think, I can't remember the exact tweet, but there were a couple. I saw, you know, Rule would like some tweets about in-state kids, you know, going to Nebraska Kearney or going somewhere else. And I think the Rule coaching staff is a, a really good job of reaching out and they want the best for the in-state kids. Uh, obviously, they want the ones that they want to come to Nebraska, but they, I think they're taking the approach that a rising tide you know, raises all boats, and they want the best for the kids in the long term. And ultimately, if that's to come to Nebraska, they're all for it. But it's, it's a way to, to kind of boost everybody else up and get everybody around. Now, obviously, with, with Isaiah and, and Davon, they want them. Like the, this, make no mistake, they want to bring those guys in. A guy like Carter Nelson, they want to bring in. Um, I think I've said this before. You know, Danny Kalen is just has. They want to bring him in, but he just has the unfortunate circumstance of being in this particular class with that one particular recruit. You know, from Arizona in town. So it's just. I think it's a way that they've got to. They got to be able to juggle it, but also they've they've got a couple of months behind them by the time this recruiting class closes they'll have an entire football season behind them and almost an entire calendar year as a coaching staff together i think at that point the cohesive vision amongst themselves and to recruits will be conveyed and i think you have a little um proof of concept to show the recruits brady i'm glad you brought up kalen because i, I was wondering it's a very strange dynamic between him being an in-state kid but you've got this legacy best player in the country at his same position. Uh, how, how do you think they're doing in terms of balancing showing Kalen that he is wanted and that he's, you know, basically doing all the things that the previous staff didn't do with Zane Flores, but also with the understanding of, hey, this, you're not our first choice at this position. Like, how does that work? I this coaching staff is really good about being up front with kids and not trying to sell them a false bag of goods. Mm. I mean, they're, they're going to be very transparent with the recruits. They're going to be very open and honest and communicating their visions for if they were to come to the program or even just, Hey, 
we we want you here but kind of thing and i think that there's there's a certain attention that they're still pay, you know paying to danny um from my understanding there's still a lot of hey we would like you we would like to bring you in but we've got this whole other thing going on versus i mean he's getting attention from miami and the acc and even on the west coast i mean he's becoming kind of a a national commodity and I think it'd be naive to think that those other schools aren't looking at Nebraska's recruitment for Rayola and saying okay we can make inroads with Danny Kaline mm. and and come in and potentially you know get this budding three-star a, a high-end three-star caliber kid from Nebraska and and bring him over uh, while Nebraska's in pursuit of you know the, the shiny diamond five-star plus. Yeah, and I think there's a couple guys in this class, I think, whose star rankings will change over the next handful of months, too. So, But let me let me validate you here just for a second because you said something earlier, and I think if we're just kind of listening without really – or if we're just hearing without really listening, you said, hey, listen, there's something different about these junior day work weekends versus the personal day-to-day approach. I just heard a coach Friday night – um, and my son was smart enough to get it off Bluetooth. Um, <laughs> we're, and they're talking. And so I asked, I asked what happened after. And he said, Hey, listen, you know, nothing official, but it's, they talked more about the day to day, stop in at practice, come see Matt drills, get us on an odd day. Mm-hmm. And the quote was junior days are cool, but the magic happens in the day today so when you said that early we we haven't talked you can vouch for that it's not like i said hey brady this is what they said so i'm trying to figure out where you got the ins kind of the feel that it was the day-to-day on how they do business Mm. and not just the one day rolling out the red carpet experience well it's i think it's from talking with a couple of the the high school coaches who have you know a couple of them have got a chance to talk to some of the recruits sometimes i'll exchange a a tweet or a dm or something with the recruit or just congratulating them on a visit or something and they'll say you know something like thanks like it was wild you know kind of thing but also there's there's a certain i think immediate a part of the immediate culture shift with matt rule and his coaching staff is stressing um, I, th- I think Mark Manning, Nebraska's wrestling coach, was in, you know, at, at yeah, last week. Yeah. And says, I, I cheered, them. Brady, I cheered my brains out. Two of my favorite people on campus right now <laughs> in Rule and Coach Manning. Well, and, and, and Coach Manning said, fall in love with the process. You know, this is what it's about. Go for it. And I think if, if you love what you're doing and if you love that grueling work, it doesn't become the grueling work anymore. And I think that's it's part of what made Matt rule so successful in the, the shift at temple and then completely making sure that Baylor didn't go in the ground after all that happened to it, after a, a fairly successful art Bryles run that ultimately, you know, ended in the way that it did. Uh, there's a reason why he's become the turnaround artist and the guy who does that. And it starts with those little shifts in culture that you're starting to see now in Nebraska. Brady, we're talking about the day-to-day and the process and using that as a recruiting pitch. How different is that, not just from the previous staff, but you talk to a lot of recruits, they experience a lot of different coaching staffs around the country. Is that fairly unique around the country as well? Like, I guess I'm not – what's the frame of reference for that being a recruiter? (laughs) Yeah, Brady, how often are you inviting people to your house on a Monday and a Tuesday at 9 a.m. versus – 
when you prepare to have company, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like um, if you've got dishes in the sink, how many people are going to say, <laughs> "Hey, you know, come on, just swing on by," kind of sure. thing? Yeah. I mean, it, that's that's kind of what it is because there's there's I would say a decent amount of coaching staffs in the country will say, Hey, you know, come on in this weekend or we're planning up this big thing and getting y'all in there. Whereas a very, uh, I would say a far fewer amount of coaches are willing to say, Hey, do you got time tomorrow night? You know, come on by. Completely agree. We're going to, we're going to be here. You know where to find us. Like, come on in. We don't care if, if we're just in sweats or anything like that, we're not dressed up for you. You're going to, we're going to be like this when you come here now or, you know, three years in the future when you're at class and a, you know, a two year role player, I think it's just breaking down those boundaries and saying, Hey, we're, we're people too. Um, if you want to come in here, it doesn't matter what time doors always open. Yeah. You guys got to ask yourself, cause even I'm, I'm going through this real time from a different perspective, right? Obviously working for the network is different. Mm-hmm. That's the fanboy kind of thing, right? When, when it's somebody in your household and you're listening, it's different. So I'm, li- I'm, I'm gauging opinions, but when when somebody can say to you, "Hey, listen, you know, come anytime. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't don't wait for the standard invite. Drop on in because watching us interact with our players on the day to day is where the real magic happens. How rare or how refreshing is it? I guess mm-hmm. that you would I would say that you're trusting that no prep time. Just come watch us." You'll be blown away. That's basically what they're saying when they say, you don't need a standing invite. Come on over. Mm-hmm. Watch us with the guys. Like, you have to feel pretty secure. If I said, hey, Brady, I don't really know you from a hole in the wall. Come on by any time. My house better be in order. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's how you know what they say they're about is what they're actually about, right? I was I, – oh, I had to kind of pause at the stoplights the other night because – he really didn't want to go to the March 25th originally because he felt like it would be pomp and circumstance. Now, they said a couple of things later on, and he's like, okay, I'm coming on the 25th. <laughs> but I, I think you do have to guard against that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just talking with uh, Darren Flint, um, you know, father of, of Ian Flint. I don't think he'd mind me saying this. Um, I talked to him last week, and his, his daughter throwing at Nebraska kind of is also – I don't want to say moonlighting, but also working in the Nebraska football staff, kind of in the recruiting part. And he's like, you know, we have an idea of what to expect. You know, we've like, we've, we know these kinds of people from just her interactions with the coaching staff and it like, so we know the kind of people they are. That person is exactly who we see when Ian, you know, goes up to visit and the exact same person when we call and talk to him or anything like that, there's no, you know, fast, there, there's no image that they're trying to project. You're the exact same person to a recruiting staffer, to a recruit, to a recruit's parents all across the board, rather than, you know, rather than just put up for pomp and circumstance with this coaching staff. A lot of these kids are finding out this, this staff is the same thing on Monday morning as they are on Friday night, Saturday afternoon, trying to get you in the door. 100%. Do you think this, I guess I'm kind of taking a leap here on the question, but and feel free to be like, I have no idea, Robbie, to get out of my face with that. But do you think that's part of the reason why this staff in particular seems so much more comfortable being out in public all the time? Because they're not – it seemed like the last staff was not a super personable staff. Is that a reasonable – Maybe at least authentic in public. I think they were good when they were in their own 
element, sure. but maybe a little uncomfortable outside of the kitchen if Whereas, as a chef. Might is say. this kind of the same quality that we see with the recruits we're talking about where – you know, Matt Rule, I mean, we talked to Dr. Elza last week. They're just out there hey, she was unreal. being who they are. Like, is that is that the same thing we're seeing where it's just like, hey, you can see us anytime, anyplace, and this is what we're about? I I think it's a pointed it's a it's a moment of pointed concentration for this coaching staff. Um it's also highlighted in I think Rule had mentioned it in one of his, you know, um his introductory speeches of saying, We want to be part of the community. We want to be part of being here. One of the things that they've implemented um, uh, uh, right before competition week gets going for their winter conditioning to end it this week is they you know they're building up teams. Part of that is going to different events, building up points, taking selfies and, you know, showing that we had three guys on our team at uh, this tennis match or at the basketball game. And then you win points for your team. I can tell you yesterday when I stopped by the, you know, the soccer trifecta at Hawks, you know, you bless had, your heart. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I couldn't get a great view because they, you know, they're up on the balcony and everything, but it was still great. And, you know, Teddy Prohaska, Malcolm Hartzog, Anthony Grant, all those guys were there. And, you know, you'd see him taking a picture and sending it to coach to say, Hey, we're here. We're getting some points. Part of that is like, because they want to be involved in the community. They want to be involved in other sports. They don't want to be just, you know, the Nebraska football team, which I think understandably. So you are like on the highest you know, level of celebrity. If you're a Nebraska football player in the state, mm-hmm. they want to break down that that barrier and those boundaries, and you know, cut out the the risers from underneath you and say, no, we're all just Nebraska here, and there's we're not going to be celebrities. We're going to you know be among the people at at any given point. Talking with Brady Oltman's from Hale Varsity, who's covering all things. Uh, you just got a hint of his versatility as he just dabbled in in women's soccer, which is I'm near it's. I'm, it's near and dear in my heart. Let me let me end with this, Brady. We got about three minutes here. I think I just w- I want to validate what you're doing because I think you're spot on when you talk about this 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 bigger than self. I want to be a part of this because I think our listeners need to hear clearly. It's not even just about always getting the points for competitiveness. It's number one being competitive and understanding that you're part of a bigger picture and. If you want to be really good, I don't care if it's private sector, teams, whatever, you have to kind of be selfless and understand that it's bigger than you while being competitive. I don't know what the formula is to mesh those two things. I just know when it happens. Like when I can cheer for Lawrence, even though it's at my expense, you give yourself a chance. That seems to be what they're building for in terms of just natural responses. Yeah. Again, Matt rule has turned around successes or fortunes for football programs in the past. That's what he's made his bread and butter on. Part of that is exactly what he's doing now. And because the games that they're playing now, or even the games that they're playing in the spring don't directly contribute to wins and losses, you know, on the, on the overall record, these are the daily things that they do to implement change and build that culture and do the exact same things that he said that they were going to do in the fall. And that's one thing that I've learned from calling people from here to Texas to Timbuktu about Matt, about Matt rule <laughs> is that he, he does exactly what he says he's going to do. Yeah. And in every little bit of the culture change and establishing that culture that he said he was going to do, you know, back, just after Thanksgiving in the Hawk Center is exactly what you're starting to see play out right now. Uh, you have no idea how right you are in this this segment, Brady. I'm I'm blown away, but that's why we wanted to have you as a weekly guest. That's right. So, <laughs> appreciate your time, man. And uh, 
Good luck. I should say best wishes covering all that's going to happen here in the next two months. It's going to be a whirlwind. I'm going to get my seatbelt ready on my desk so I can uh, <laughs> make sure I don't fall off my chair here in a while. Hey, appreciate <laughs> you. Thanks. That's Brady Oltman's from Hale Varsity. I'm going to validate him one more time, and I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the, the text from okay. Coach Rule when he said, uh, just kind of going back and forth, and he's, I'm just scrolling, and he said, uh, hey, look. <laughs> love me or not go back to the opening day press conference when i was at your stadium i've been who i said i was going to be since i got here i think it goes a lot further back <laughs> hey that. isn't that weird that because hey, brady just said like feels like he's been who he said he was going to be for a while now uh, not just in nebraska it seems like this is who he is my man told me to go back to the presser and do some fact checking Okay, bud. I mean, I keep going back, and it <laughs> keeps checking out. I'm in. Coming back with my man, Robbie. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.